Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year. Yet, far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hi, guys, and welcome to a new episode of Unit Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am the host. I am... A therapist. I'm a licensed therapist. However, quick reminder before we get into the good stuff that this podcast does not, cannot, and will not serve as a replacement for therapy or any mental health services out there. However, I always like to say this podcast might help you. It might be a tool in your toolbox and it might encourage you to go actually seek out professional mental health services. So it doesn't mean it can't be helpful. It just does not therapy itself. Now, today we have a pretty, I want to say exciting topic. It's not an exciting topic. I just think this is something that is very prevalent in the world. We're talking about this thing a lot. Um, we're seeing a lot of content around this thing a lot. There's a lot of like misinformation about this. And so I have done an episode on this topic before, but not in this way. So we're going to talk about it in a different way. And the topic is narcissism. Today, we're going to be talking about narcissism in the workplace. And like I just said, there's a lot of content out around narcissism in relationships and maybe even with families and parents, but we really don't tend to talk enough about narcissism in the workplace and what happens when we have a leader that has some of these traits or maybe even the actual personality disorder. So I wanted to take some dedicated time to spend talking about it because we're more likely to engage and experience narcissism in our jobs than in our relationships romantically than in our parents because we only have two parents and we are not dating as many people as we might be working with. Well, that might not be true for everybody, but it's something that you're more likely to bump up against. So today we are going to talk about what narcissism in the workplace looks like, what to do if you find yourself dealing or working with somebody who takes on a lot of these traits and give you some insight that you can trust. So before we get into this very, very, very important 
topic, it is also very, very, very important that we define what we're talking about here. As I have said before in the episode where I have talked about narcissism in the past, there is a difference in having some narcissistic traits and also having narcissistic personality disorder. For starters, we all need some of these traits to survive, but traits alone are very different than the traits combined. There is a such thing as a healthy amount of narcissism. We need to be able to feel confident and successful, and we need the ability to also relationally connect, which is what might be missing when you're actually in the personality disorder realm. Now, I do think this is, and I talked about this more in the episode that I did, um, I think two years ago on narcissism, but I think one thing that has been happening now, and this happens with a lot of just like words, and things that are being put out into the public more. So there, we, we're helping people understand certain things about mental health. And so then these things kind of get convoluted and oversimplified. And I think sometimes we might be labeling somebody as a narcissist or somebody that has narcissistic personality disorder because we don't really want to look at our stuff. And then we get to like say the victim of that possible abuse rather than looking and being like, that guy's just like a jerk or that girl's just a jerk and we don't get along and I need to like move on and set some boundaries. So just to put this out there, just because somebody's mean to you, it does not mean that they have a personality disorder. Some people are just mean and like also some people just like don't like us and that's okay. Like I think that one thing that I wish we could work on is this like resiliency to, to cope and deal with the fact that like some people just won't like us and that doesn't have to mean anything other than like we're not their cup of tea. Any who Z. Now with that, I will say that there is a rise in narcissism happening in our culture. I don't have the reasoning for that, but we are seeing more of that. I think because we might be talking about it more. There could be a lot of things that factor into why we're seeing it more. I think that the self-esteem work that we're trying to like pump up in kids is kind of sometimes backfiring in ways that might be part of it. But yeah, we are labeling people as these things more often. And a lot of times it's not really correct, but sometimes it is. So I don't want to like be like all or nothing there. So what does narcissism mean? Well, the word, the basic sense, it means to like self-worship. It stems from this desire to be loved and cared for. And it just from the outside looks like selfishness, having a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and a need for admiration. Again, we all have those traits and we all go through the stages of narcissism. It's part of our development. And we can all at times have a lack of empathy. We can all at times be selfish. We can all at times like want and desire admiration. Like those are normal things alone. It's when it's combined and when it's pervasive that it becomes an actual personality disorder. And a lot of times too, when you just look at these traits and that's why like you can't really diagnose something like this in somebody who is an adolescent, it just like looks like adolescent behavior, like the selfishness. It's like they they can't perspective take. They're just like very in their own lane. And that's because like they're developmentally not there yet. And like their brains haven't fully developed. So when you see that in a kid and you're like, they're acting like a kid, but they're an adult. That's where it like becomes this pervasive pattern and they don't grow out of that stage. They don't get out of that developmental stage. And then that does sometimes end up developing into a full-blown personality disorder. So narcissistic personality disorder is one of 10 personality disorders, which a lot of people don't know that there are 10 of them. Yeah. We only hear about a couple of them. 
again, personality disorders are consistent. They're long-term, they're pervasive and their traits impact people in their interpersonal relationships. Narcissistic personality disorder is not a sometimes situation. It's an all the time thing. So somebody might act in narcissistic ways. It does not mean that they have narcissistic personality disorder because narcissistic personality disorder is something that follows them around everywhere they go. To have this disorder, the traits of narcissism have to be to a certain degree where it infiltrates and causes an impairment in their relationships. You have to meet certain criteria. And again, it has to be pervasive, meaning it's ongoing, it's continual, it's not just in some circumstances or once in a while. It's literally who the person is. Two major keys of narcissism are the grandiosity and the lack of empathy. So the lack of empathy means an inability to care about another person's like pain or experiences. And then the grandiosity is just like their thinking and their thoughts and their standpoint that like they are more important or greater than the people around them in every situation. So in the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5, we are in the fifth edition, and I'm assuming we're going to have a new edition coming out somewhat soon, but... That is where mental health professionals go to help with the diagnosis of mental disorders, obviously. So in the DSM-5, this is what you have to have in order to meet the criteria to be diagnosed with this. So in the diagnostic criteria right below, it says, a pervasive pattern of grandiosity in fantasy or behavior, need for admiration, and lack of empathy, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts as indicated by five or more of the following. So the things that I'm about to read, you have to have at least five of them. You can have as many as you need, but you have to have five of these to actually meet the criteria. So one, a grandiose sense of self-importance. For example, exaggerates achievement and talents, expects to be recognized as superior. Two, is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. That one is really fun and interesting. Three, believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people or institutions. Four, requires excessive admiration. Five, has a sense of entitlement. For example, unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatment or automatic compliance with his or her expectations. Number six, is interpersonally exploitive. This means takes advantage of others to achieve his or her ends. Number seven, lacks empathy, is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. So I want to take a little side note here. So the lack of empathy is very interesting because sometimes people will say, well, oh, they have empathy. Look, they're so nice. They're so kind. They do this, they do that. They cried. Somebody with this personality disorder also has the ability to act and fake it. So just because they look like they have empathy, they might not really have empathy. You have to kind of like really look at it from all corners. Number eight is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And number nine, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. What I think is also really interesting to note is that according to the DSM, because you'll hear more people talk about narcissists and people that are acting like narcissists and people that they're like, they have narcissistic personality disorder. You'll hear more of that kind of like, 
kind of lean towards men. And the interesting thing is that in the DSM, it says of those diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, 50 to 75% are male. So it just tends to be more men. It just kind of is what it is. I don't have a reason for that right now. But if you're like, oh, it feels like it's always men, it usually is. And that's why sometimes you'll hear people talking about this topic and it will kind of be skewed that way. But it's just because it just is what it is. Now, as we go through this and we're talking about what it looks like, I'm going to kind of be taking the stance of talking about it like it's like a boss. And the reason I'm doing that is because these kinds of people are high achieving and it's due to their personality traits, right? So they're often just naturally people who look to be leaders. And this, I think, is part also due to their fragile sense of self and their low self-esteem because they have to achieve things to feel better about themselves and put on that show. And so the outside doesn't match the inside of what they're actually feeling. Um, So it has to do with just like who they are and the qualities that they have as somebody with this personality disorder does help them get to the top. They aren't so much leading, though, for the greater good, even though they might be on a team or working for a company or maybe even started their own company that is on the outside, this like do good company. They are really leading for admiration or just like leading for the admiration of leading. This is why this is so toxic in team environments, because these people can and will be ruthless and it diminishes the entire point of working on and in a team. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 
I was reading this article online titled The Damage Done, Dealing with Narcissists in the Workplace. It's written by a guy named Brian O'Connell, and it was published in February of 2021. And there is this quote in there that I want to read because it speaks to exactly that. And here it is. Narcissistic leaders affect the core elements of organizations and their impact on society, said Jennifer Chapman, the Paul J. Cortez Distinguished Professor of Management at the University of California, Berkeley, and the lead author of the study. Companies organize because they can do something together that no individual could accomplish alone. When narcissistic leaders undermine collaboration, they, by definition, reduce the effectiveness of an organization. And that's just like really frustrating and it will get more frustrating as we go more into how like to get out of this and what to do because there's not like a lot we can do to change these people. But also what is really annoying and can be very frustrating is that to the outside, the leader might look amazing, very ambitious, super charming, outgoing, doing things for the greater good. Like I said before, they are so wonderful at putting on a show. And that's what's really important is to remind yourself that to show, it's a show, it's a show. They are great actors and are calculated. And if you're somebody who is in the space where you're seeing the damage and you kind of have like awoken to what um, is happening, what's not super helpful is to get caught up in their reputation and let that wear you down because there's really not a ton you can do about it. And when you try to do something about it, when you try to expose them, a lot of times what will happen is you just get pulled into the chaos and that's what that person wants. Then you end up looking like the bad guy. Again, that's what that person wants. So remember that you are allowed to stay in your lane. And if you can't, that might be a sign that you need to go find a new pool to swim in. Or I guess the lanes could be a track. So maybe you need to find another track to run on. You know, you get what I'm saying. So now a true narcissist will do whatever they need to do to get to the top, to get to where they want to go. You can't make sense of their behavior, which is a lot of times I, I, I need you guys to really hear that. You can't really make sense of their behavior because it doesn't make sense when in the context of healthy relationships, it only makes sense in the context of chaos and toxicity. So you might find yourself saying things like, how can they do that? Or how can they say X when they just did Y? They end up being very contradictory because again, there's a lot of manipulation involved and something that they do is they confuse people and they're such good actors that literally they can convince someone that they are animal advocates while they're like wearing like a full fur coat or like even like a full fur leather jumpsuit or something like that. And they're like, oh, I stand for PETA. Like it doesn't make sense. But then if you were to be like, but you're wearing leather, they'd be like, no, I'm not. And you'd be like, yes, you are. And they'd be like, I'm literally not to the point where you're like, am I seeing something I'm not seeing? Then there's that confusion. And so by default, they just end up winning. So before we talk about what to do, let's talk about how to spot this. What does it actually look like at work? And I do want to say this because I've tried to get this person on the show well, I haven't tried, but I've asked somebody to help me try. <laughs> but there's a woman named Dr. Romani. She's like all over the internet these days. And she's an expert in narcissism. And she has a lot of information on YouTube and Instagram and all over the web. So if you are like, I want more of this, just literally Google Dr. Romani. She has tons of stuff that goes into much greater detail when it comes to this podcast. Okay, so what does it look like? So number one, you have this like very 
classically like classic narcissist person and that's the kind of person who's like loud in your face they're the kind of person that will yell they'll talk overtly degrading or condescendingly they are the kind of person that will just like berate somebody or whoever's around them and this kind of person might have a pattern of making like unreasonable demands and they will feel like overtly abusive and bad so that's one type. And I think that I don't want us to pigeonhole ourselves into like that's a narcissist and that's all that there is because that's just one type. There's also other types and you'll see it in different ways. So that's the kind that we've like traditionally seen and known as that's a narcissist. Then you have this other kind that I honestly think is more common, but harder to really identify and then accept as reality because they play such a good game. And this person is going to use love bombing. And if you don't know what that is, love bombing is when in the beginning of a relationship, it's like the best thing ever. And they will just like go above and beyond. And you'll be like, this is the greatest. And when it's in a relationship, it's like, oh my gosh, he's like, says good morning and good night every day. And he bought me these gifts and he took me on this trip and he said this and he made me this amazing meal and he did this and he did that and blah, 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 and all the things. And then like you commit to him and then like, all of a sudden he's not responsive or mean or this or that. And you're like, what happened? It's because they kind of like pulled you in that with that initial and hook you. And then the whole relationship is spent. How do I get back to how it was in a work environment that might look like somebody bringing you on the team and welcoming you in a way that feels so freaking amazing. It's like, you're going to be the team member that changes this company. I've never been able to find somebody like you. And oh my gosh, I can't wait for all the amazing things that you're going to do. And they might like want to spend time with you. And you might be like tagged in on these like special things that like not all the other employees get to know about and they confide in you. And they, they do this thing that makes you really, really, really feel special that like naturally we're all going to just like lean towards liking like why wouldn't you want to feel special like that however before you know it that kind of just like stops and you look like around the corner and you see that there's like another special person so there's somebody else that's getting those perks that you originally had gotten and it's like you were dropped like nothing you've been discarded which i've talked about in the other episode of like that's part of the process once they extract what they need from you then they discard you and they move you they move on to somebody else that has something else that they need And something very, very tricky that is very, very important to mention here is that oftentimes people who are not actually in this situation, like somebody who's like looking at what you're going through from an outside perspective, they'll say when they hear something like this happening, well, I mean, if they don't treat you well, then just leave. Well, it's not that easy because one of the ways that they may have engaged in some of this love bombing is they might like have given you this insane like package, like they might overpay you in salary or maybe you have all these perks. So you're in this job that has all these cush things, but it's also sucking your soul. Well, it's not as simple as just leave because maybe they're like overpaying you in a way that you would never be able to find a job with your experience that will actually pay you that much money. And hey, maybe you have bills to pay and maybe you have a family to support. I don't know. It might not be always just an easy option. And so in that sense, the narcissist has like bought your loyalty. 
which is like a really nice and like special play that they have put into action because they've kind of like been a couple steps ahead. They're like, well, when I discard them, I need to make sure that they won't leave me. So I'm going to kind of like cement them in by doing this where they don't have any other options or there will never be an option as, as great as this. And then they no longer have to really treat you well because they can hold that over your head, even though they might not ever actually say that. So another common thing you'll see when there is a narcissist in the leadership role, wherever you are, is wherever the narcissist is, there will always be chaos. Always, 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 always. This chaos can look different in different ways. It doesn't always have to be surrounding the actual person. It can be just surrounding the work environment, or maybe they've like planted all these chaos bombs within other teams, just all surrounding around them. So these people are masters at creating this in the workplace. And it's so strange because it can surround them inside and outside of their circle, but it can take a really long time for people to end up identifying that all roads lead back to Rome. And that like all of the chaos, all of this like gossip or this or that all leads back to this one singular person. It, it takes a long time to actually see that. They'll be like backstabbing. Sometimes even this like covert like backstabbing that like it's like frenemy type vibes, you know, and that might not be by the actual person, the actual narcissist that might actually be by the group of minion like followers that they have circling around them, which most of the time the boss is surrounded by what I like to call their minions. They rally around them to protect the boss. And it looks kind of like, I hate to say this, but like also it's true. It kind of looks pathetic from the outside perspective of somebody who's gotten out of this. When you see it, it's like, oh my God, they're just like kind of groveling at this person. It's like so sad. But these people are like unconsciously a lot of times begging for like the scraps of what the narcissist might throw them. And they just kind of follow the boss, almost like he or she is like um like their cult leader, like their their master or something like that. And they like just like are at their beck and call. And again, it can seem kind of like, oh, pathetic. Like you have this like pity for these people, but a lot of times you have that pity for the people because you at one point have been in that situation. And again, because of all of this those minions will end up throwing you under the bus just as much as the narcissist might because they are trying to protect the boss because the boss holds the key to something that they want. And because of all of this, when you have a boss that is holding a lot of the narcissistic traits or very much can be identified with the personality disorder, what happens is the teams are just like generally toxic and people will throw out their values to get to the top and people that you thought were like these amazing people and outside of that example it's outside of that experience outside of that context they might have really awesome values but it's really hard to keep them inside of that team and again a lot of times the boss will hold the key that the the minion type people the people around them they'll hold the key to exactly what they like want in life at that moment and that key will open the door to this like dream or whatever it is and this doesn't always have to be like a title or like business success or money it could be clout or social hierarchy or even the ability to engage in something that they like want to do whether that's like a certain part of the working environment like they hold the key for them to be able to be the marketing person or they hold the key for them to be able to like do the social media thing or they hold the key for them to like actually engage in something in their community that otherwise they wouldn't be able to engage in 
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. I'm even like spinning as I describe this because I'm like thinking about like experiences and stuff like that that I've had. And what I want people to know is that like if you're in this kind of environment, it will feel all encompassing. It will feel soul sucking and it will absorb your energy like a sponge. You'll find yourself talking about this person or this environment or this just like drama all day long and it will wear you out and it will wear out the people around you. But you also at the same time can't stop because bringing back that word that I used a million times in the beginning, it's pervasive. It never stops. Once you try to start to figure something out or once one situation is resolved, another one will pop up. So what do you do? How do you get out of all of this chaos? Well, probably not what you guys really would want to hear, but no matter what you do or who you are or what you know or what you've been through in your past, this is going to take a toll on you. This is going to affect you. The chaos in the workplace is going to operate like classic dysfunctional family stuff. People are going to have roles. People are going to play their roles. And we talked about this in an older episode that I did with my friend Blair, the family roles. So if you want to know more about that, you can look at that episode and listen to that episode. But the roles include the scapegoat, the hero, the placator, the mascot, the lost child, etc. And the system survives on everybody maintaining their role that they are put in. And often the scapegoat, which is the one that is like obviously seen as like the quote unquote bad person, the one that like in a family um, that's like dysfunctional and, and 
will end up being like the addict or one that needs to go to therapy or go to treatment or something like that. But what's interesting is that the scapegoat also is usually the most aware of the dysfunction. And so they're acting outside of the norms of the family. And so they're seen as the disruption to the process rather than the most stable one. And if we have a scapegoat, then we can blame everything on that scapegoat when the reality, the scapegoat really has it right. They're just not playing that game anymore, but they're also messing up the system that is created to actually be dysfunctional. So again, what to do? The safest thing to do really may not be to call out the behavior because if the dysfunction is healed, then that system collapses. And that system is what a lot of people are counting on to, again, get them that key that leads them to exactly where they want to go. What is pretty common and also really annoying is that in teams in this kind of toxic system, the team can feel like people are seen more like for things that they are doing to be in good graces of the narcissistic leader and less about like who's actually doing the best job and who's actually doing the right things. And what I mean by that is people are rewarded more than when the narcissist is shining their light on them because that person is shining a light on the narcissist and doing and playing whatever role they want them to play and less when they're just like doing a good job at their job, which again, this is holding the cycle together because if you want that admiration, if you want to be able to like climb the ladder to get closer to the key, you have to continually shining your light on the narcissist. And if you do that, the narcissist will continue to reward you. And as soon as you stop doing that, then that's when the discard comes and then they move on to another one of their minions. But then you're sitting there being like, wait, what the heck happened? And you can either say, okay, I need to open my eyes to what's going on. And then you realize there's not much you can do. Or you try to like jump back on the ladder and you start to like worship that narcissist again. I know it sounds very crazy because honestly it is. And I actually learned about this article from listening to one of Dr. Romani's videos in there. And then I went and read it. And there's a New York Times article that came out I think like about a year and a half ago about how this is so interesting to me, but, and I really recommend you guys listening to the whole or not listening, but reading the whole article, I'll post a link to it. But um, it was talking about how Google was offering employees who went to HR with workplace abuse, free counseling services, rather than actually looking into and investigating the root of the issue. And this is a perfect example. What they're saying here is it's not us. It's not our system. It's not our dysfunction, it's you. You have bad coping skills versus let's start the harmful behavior and let's kind of fix this toxic environment. Because again, if we fix the toxic environment, the whole system crumbles. Again, now once you're open and you're aware to what's happening, it can be so, 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 so hard to continue to watch what's going on. It will drive you crazy to see these people get away with what they get away with. And it may also drive you crazy to not be able to say anything. So what I really would encourage people to do here is be honest about how much you can really take. If you're in one of those spaces where you feel stuck, like you can't leave, maybe financially or maybe even contractually, then you might have to play a game and that game isn't going to be your game. It's going to be their game. And I feel kind of icky saying that as a therapist, but you're not going to win here alone. You're not. 
in that game might be like, how do I stay in my, in that this person's good graces as much as possible, even if it drives me up a wall. And it doesn't mean you have to like worship them and do all this extra stuff. You don't have to be a minion, but you just have to kind of like do what's necessary to kind of just like almost coast through. And then you're going to need a lot of like self-soothing and some boundaries. Now, what's interesting, it's, it's rarely somebody exposing a narcissist like individually that ends up breaking the system. I kind of secretly love this, but at the same time, like I don't, because I do have a heart. I will say this guys, I have a heart for the narcissist because this personality disorder is developed from like a wound. These people are actually really fragile. They're very insecure people. They're not people that actually really think all this stuff about them. It's an overcompensation for a wound for trauma that has happened. Maybe it was a shock trauma or maybe it was like this like little T constant pervasive trauma that created this personality disorder. But people aren't born this way. It's something that's developed. So I do have a heart for them. But What I also do enjoy after saying that is that I always say this to clients who are in this space. These people get what's coming for them, but very often it's not in the time frame we want it to be in. However, it will catch up eventually. All this stuff ends up catching up eventually. It might not blow up in the way you want it to blow up, but it will, whether you realize it and you get to see it and you get to watch it or you don't, it will happen. You just have to trust that. What happens is this person's own behavior ends up being what takes down the whole team because they lack an ability to self-reflect and see their shortcomings. They can't go back and fix things or say sorry or take ownership. And so sometimes the like volcano gets so big that it just erupts. And I've seen this in my life with people that have actually hurt me. And again, it does feel satisfying to say, I didn't have to do anything. This was all because of your behavior. It feels very good to be outside of that chaos and be like, I didn't have to do a thing. You took care of yourself. And again, my encouragement to anyone in one of these situations, be very honest with yourself. You have to get really clear with realistic expectations first off and find a way to move out of this magical thinking that we really get looped into. The This will get better but they did X and maybe that's a good sign or the, they were so great in the beginning. I know it can't really be that bad because we can get back to this because again, it was so great in the beginning. Like this sounds very similar to an unhealthy romantic relationship because it's very similar in nature. The cycle is literally the same. So what you might need is to keep some rigid boundaries, both personal, emotional, and especially physical. I would very much try not to be found alone with this person. I would very much try not to have individual meetings with this person where there isn't like a trail of what is said because they tend to do their most sneaky best work when nobody else is around them. And that's because then there's no evidence. And with that, they can just be like, I didn't say that or I didn't do that or that's not true. And then that gives a very wonderful opportunity for them to insert some gaslighting in where then you're going to end up feeling crazy. And the other thing tied to that is that if you're in a working environment and you're being harmed by somebody like this, you really can't just rely on your own reports of your word of mouth. You have to have some sort of documentation that shows the harm because if you're going to report something like this to like an HR department, 
there's not really much they can do by you being like, my boss is a narcissist. And going back to that article from the New York Times, they probably won't because again, the system, you have to actually have the information and the mistreatment like documented in some way. And also outside of that, you also just might want to have it in writing for yourself so you can go back and see it so you don't feel crazy and you can remind yourself that this is not me. So if we're talking about like emails or stuff like that, something that you might not think to do is to like print out that stuff because if this is on a work computer or a server that actually doesn't belong to you. So you might want to just find a way to create your own like folder of that stuff that you can keep. As we're getting towards the end of this episode and I've kind of like thrown a bunch of information and I feel like I've just been like word vomiting on you because I could talk about this all day long. I think that this type of mistreatment and stress and oftentimes abuse is downplayed and the effects of it are downplayed. And workplace stress, even if it doesn't have anything to do with like having a narcissistic boss, that actually can really affect the quality of your life, like majorly. And the side effects of that kind of stress aren't just damaging to your mental health. It's actually the leading type of stress that leads to sleep disruption. And so it's not just affecting your mental health that can also affect like your physical health and can create physical illnesses and it can be debilitating. And we don't take that as serious as I wish that we really did. There's been studies, like plenty of studies, and I didn't take the time to pull them right now. And maybe I should, and maybe I will one day, but there's plenty of studies that show that this kind of stress creates a risk factor for cardiovascular disease and can be a factor in things like heart attacks and strokes. And there's also more research that is showing that it can increase one's risk of diabetes and other health problems. It can affect your immune system and it can create different kinds of like pains in your body and gastrointestinal disorders and all of that kind of stuff. This all can play a role in all of that. And Obviously, this kind of stress is going to create more anxiety and it can create burnout, which then can lead to depression and um, it can create a stress that you're looking for coping skills and that leads to substance use disorders. And I just don't think people are connecting all the dots and they just see this like, oh, my boss sucks in this, but you're not looking at like, okay, my boss sucks and then I feel this and then my body copes in this way and then I have to cope in this way and this this thing happens. We're not connecting those all together. We're just saying they have this issue and they can't cope or they have this issue and their body is failing them, but we're not really looking at why. So I want to drive that home because if you're one of those people too, that are like, it's not that bad. I can deal with it. And you're looking at like, is the financial benefit or these work perks worth it? Like you really have to look at like down the line, what is this going to cost me? I might be able to deal with it now, but how is this going to continue to erode different parts of my health? And is that worth this perk? Is that worth this social status? Is that worth this amount of money? Is that worth these kinds of vacations? Is it worth that? And you might say yes, but a lot of you guys might say no. And I think that I really just want to encourage people to ask themselves those questions. We want to be strong. We want to be tough. We want to like, I think that's just like one of those things that is like, I think feel like I've talked about a lot in here, but we push this narrative that like you should be tough and strong and we're America and go United States and we can do whatever. And it's like, it's okay if you can't. Like, it's okay if you cannot manage a very unhealthy, toxic work environment every day. You're spending 40 to 60 to 70 hours at this job. Maybe you need to be at a job that doesn't make you feel like you want to pull your hair out all day long and make you feel crazy in some circumstances. 
So as we kind of close out, I will say a lot of times this isn't going to get better and it's not going to get better, like I said before, in the time frame you want. So you have to see how much you can take. Be honest about it. If you choose to stay in it, remember you have to learn how to play the game that they want you to play to an extent. And again, that can be super taxing on your mental health because it's going to feel inauthentic and it's going to crouch your integrity. So before I kind of close out, I did get some questions on Instagram and I think I answered most of them just naturally in that, but there are two that I just wanted to kind of like end with just to make sure that I answered them because I thought they were good and, and I'm assuming more than one of you are going to be wondering this thing. So number one, if you think someone is a narcissist, is there a healthy way to bring it up? And this kind of touches on the couch talks question I had last week. And yeah, there's definitely a healthy way to bring it up. But when you're communicating with someone that has this kind of personality disorder, if that's what they have, or even if they just have a lot of the traits, they most likely will lack the skills to engage in this in a healthy way. Like feedback isn't really something they're willing to hear or can even hear in a lot of times. So you can bring it up all day long and you can bring it up in a healthy way all day long. But just know the likelihood of that being helpful is probably extremely low because they might not be able to receive what you're saying. Doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. And that speaks to like something I like to remind people a lot is that just because somebody got upset with you doesn't mean you did anything wrong. Or just so, because somebody disagrees with your behavior doesn't mean you did something wrong. Because a lot of times you could be like right in the lane of like integrity and health and care and love. And that person just like lacks the ability to like self-reflect and sit with like their own shortcomings. So they're going to throw that in your face. So do with that what you will. Now, the second question is, can you hold narcissistic people accountable and what's the best way to do that? And it's kind of similar, goes in the same vein as the previous question. Sure, you can bring attention to things that they have done and point out inconsistencies, but that is often going to be met with gaslighting and it's going to go in one ear and out the other and it might end up in them kind of like coming back at you and it's going to backfire and end up with you getting some kind of punishment in some way. And what I would really not want for somebody who's trying to just like kindly bring this up to somebody is for them to then be in a situation there where they're being gaslit and then they're confused and then they're apologizing and they're feeling like crap about themselves. So again, do with that what you will. So that about does it for today's episode. As always, if you have questions, you can send them to Catherine at uneedtherapypodcast.com and one day I hopefully will get to them. And you can follow me um, on Instagram at atcat.defada. Again, this account is private now, but you can still request me and I'll probably accept you as long as you're not a fake account or you're not a client of mine. And then anybody can go ahead and follow at Unit Therapy Podcast. I am going to be posting way more of the content that I would have posted on my personal account on Unit Therapy Podcast in the future. So if you are a client of mine or you are a robot that wants to follow me and you can't, you won't be missing out on anything. My Instagram cat.afada is going to be way more attuned to like my personal life. So you might not be interested in that anyway. And then you need therapy podcast is going to be the one that has more of the podcast info, obviously, and mental health stuff attributed to it. So in closing, I just want to say if you're somebody that's listening to this because you're like, I'm in it, I feel for you. I've been in these situations before, not just in the workplace, but like 
in relationships and it's really tough and being honest. I know I said that kind of flippantly, but like when you do have to sit and be honest and like really accept what is going on, it's really hard. Like you have to grieve a lot of stuff. So I'm with you. Please reach out to people. Please like don't, you don't have to stay in this alone and you're allowed to get support and you're allowed to ask for accountability and help. So I'm with you. I am sorry if you're going through that and I hope that this was helpful. Have the day you need to have, have the week you need to have and I will be back with you Wednesday for Couch Talks. Bye guys. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.